Time for Tea with Makita is a podcast about redefining self-care. It's about looking at every aspect of our life from music, career, family and relationships and everything in between. It's about spilling tea on those conversations that sometimes are hard to have with other people. Well, we're not ashamed to have those conversations right here. So join me as I spill tea on every topic you ever thought about, talked about, or whispered about. Hey, y'all, it's definitely time for some tea. Hey, it's Makita, and I'm spilling a little tea. Are you thinking about starting a podcast? Then let Buzzsprout help you get started. It's easy, fun, and best of all, you can start for free. Buzzsprout can help you get your message out to all the major podcast channels, as well as give you tips to help you make your podcast a success. Click on the link below or go to buzzsprout.com to get started and join over a thousand podcasters just like me who are already using Buzzsprout. And that's the tea. Welcome back to Time for Tea with Makita. I am super excited to have with me today, owner of Balabusta Secret, Linda Letterman, here to spill all the tea on how to make meal planning easy with fun, simple recipes to help you make your dinner time a delicious experience for everyone. So welcome, Linda. Oh, thank you for having me, Makita. It is a delight. So I have like a thousand questions, but first let, I'm going to let you just kind of introduce yourself <laughs> and tell us a little bit about you. Sure. Um, my business is called Balabusta Secret, and it's best to learn about me by knowing what a balabusta is. A balabusta is a Yiddish term for a woman who makes a fine home. And my fine home is not a Martha Stewart home. My fine home is the kind that you put your feet up on the Hessex, you can eat in the living room with your friends, you wanna have good laughter, good friendship, good family love in your house at all times. So it's a welcoming home. And if you can make a welcoming home where your kids and your family is comfortable and they want their friends to come over and they wanna eat with you, mm -hmm. you're winning the game. You're right about that. <laughs> I mean, just, you know, as kids get older, just getting them there to like want to be there, invite your friends to have that that time to talk. You know, so traditionally it's like around the table, everybody has to sit and then it's like this structured conversation and that doesn't work for today's society, you know, how things are. No, not at all. In fact, I'm a big believer in family meal time is not a throwback to the good old days. It's just as important today as it used to be. And the studies show that if you have family communication at dinner time, the kids do better in school, they're less likely to turn to drugs, they have better social skills, on and on and on and on. Mm -hmm. So I'm a really big believer in making really delicious dinners easy, quickly, and then serving them with fun and games at the table with your family. I, I'll, I'll give you a good example of that. So I have a 19 year old son and he's got a girlfriend and recently he brought her home for the first time. We were going to have dinner together. And that could be an awkward situation for her, for us, particularly my son. 
And I said to my son, Max, did you tell her we play games at the dinner table? And he said, no. And I turned to her and I said, you know, we play games at the dinner table. And if you're going to join us, you're welcome to play with games with us. And she did. And we laughed and we got <laughs> to know each other in a really comfortable manner. And now she eats here all the time. So it's, uh, it's a win-win. And my kids have been doing this their whole life, having games and fun conversation at the table. So meals aren't just eat and run away. And it's not how was school today? Fine. And you want to shoot yourself because there's no conversation. It, it, the conversation is a key part of a wonderful dinner. Yeah. Cause you can ask kids like, yeah, I mean, how was, what was the best part of your day coming home? Like, right. I, <laughs> leaving school. <laughs> yeah. So that's at work. <laughs> But that was cool, like to have that. That's almost like an icebreaker too, like to get kids to talk. And then because he brought someone that didn't know anyone, you know, to get her to relax, just playing a game. Like people relax, they laugh. And, you know, once you laugh and those endorphins get released, like people are much more comfortable. Absolutely. And, and truthfully, I think they enjoy their dinner time more and the food as well. Oh, yeah, definitely. So tell me, what got you so passionate about family and dinner time? Like, how did that all start? Well, um, I'm a lawyer by profession, and I practiced many, many years, and I had my kids late in life. And so as I would be, and I, and I stopped practicing because I really needed to spend time with my kids at that point. And when they were growing up, when they were very little, I would take them to activities, and I would see the moms feeding them Subway sandwiches for dinner <laughs> in the car or, oh, we're going to McDonald's afterwards. And I'm thinking to myself, well, this is awful. This is not healthy. It's not productive. You're not socializing with your kids. And I would say, you know, what are you making for dinner? Do you know how to cook? Oh, I don't know how to cook. It's too I'm too busy. I'm too busy. And they're missing out on this precious, precious time. And so I decided to put my money where my mouth was and created this business. And I have to say, I was not always a good cook. I actually was terrible. When I was uh, a teenager in high school, I was a little uppity and my mother was not a good cook. And I said to her, mom, you know, your cooking really stinks. And she said, okay, big shot. She bought me the joy of cooking. And she said, once a week, it's going to be your turn to pick out a recipe. Tell me what I need to shop for ingredients. I'll go buy it. You cook, you see how it is. So I said, okay, but now I was under pressure because <laughs> I had to make something interesting. You know, what do I know about cooking? Absolutely nothing. So I think I made a, um, a chicken cordon bleu. I didn't even know what it was. I couldn't pronounce it. It was awful. And then I made Swedish meatballs. Don't ask me why. I had no <laughs> and after three meals, I was banned from ever cooking in my house again. Um, and I'm not one to take no for an answer. So <laughs> I decided to teach myself. Uh, I took cooking classes. I went to different institutes for cooking as, as a hobby, not as a profession at that time. Mm -hmm. And now I have over a thousand cookbooks, none of which I actually follow to the letter, but I get inspired to come up with creative things. And now I'm the go-to place for excellent food and fun times. Oh, that's awesome. Now, I must say, I was one of those um, moms that would take the kids to, to the McDonald's after no judgment. <laughs> no judgment. I get it. <laughs> no, but, you know, it, it really hit home. Like, I noticed, like, um, like my daughter was gaining, like, excessive weight really fast. And um, I wasn't feeling my optimal best either. So we kind of, like, was like, we got to do something different, like, we have to make time to eat a little bit better than what we're doing. 
Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, it just takes little steps. You don't have to overhaul your life to get into a rhythm that's going to work for you and your family. That's true. So how do you make the meal planning? Like, how do you, what's your secret? (laughs) Well, I have to tell you, it's different for everybody because everybody's got a different lifestyle. Everybody's got different time commitments. So when I work with my clients, we analyze what their needs are, what their time constraints are, what their family dietary issues are. Sometimes there are people who are picky eaters who won't make, won't eat anything. Some of them are vegetarian. Some of them are keto, you know, just, you name. some of them are Mm gluten-free. So you have to know what your constraints are. And I always start by telling people, look at your calendar. Don't plan on a really nice meal on a day. You're working late. Your kids have after-school activities. It's not going to happen. So you don't have to make a great meal every day. If you plan smart, you can have leftovers for another night that you can repurpose. Because most kids, they don't like leftovers. And truthfully, a lot of parents don't like leftovers either. (laughs) So if you can make something, I call it batch cooking, which means you make more of an ingredient that you need that you can repurpose another day. So I'll give you an example of that. Mm-hmm. Let's say I was making um, something with rice as a side dish. Mm-hmm. I would make a double amount of rice because in a day or two, I can use that old rice to make fried rice because you need old rice to make fried rice. Yes. So I'm not cooking it from scratch. I already just, same pot you know, that I cooked it in. I just saved the leftovers that I will repurpose the, another night during that week and maybe add a different protein, maybe some grilled shrimp, shrimp or you know, Asian chicken or something, whatever I want to do and have it on the fried rice with bok choy and boom, you're done. And your dinner is mostly done before you even start. So one of the things to do is know what your calendar is, know what your time frame is. Another thing that you need to know is what do you have on hand? What's in your pantry? What's in your refrigerator? What's growing really frostbitten in your freezer? You know, if you have to know what you have and you need, need to know what you need and you need to know how to use what you have. So when you get a handle on those things, and I I help um, parents with that, but when you have a handle on that, you can look and see what you have and very quickly plan what you want to make, given the time constraints you have. And so let's say you make three meals out of five during the weeknights, Mm -hmm. because two of those you're going to be repurposing for a different kind of meal the other two nights. I also like to make a lot of dinner food because then I can use it for lunch for my kids the next day and I'm not scrambling at lunchtime to, oh my gosh, what am I going to give them for lunch? Well, no, I've got some really great proteins here that I cooked that are easy to add to a sandwich or a salad, uh, make extra grains, make extra beans. Um, so mm-hmm. if you really think ahead, and I'm not saying, you know, I'm, I'm not one to go on Sunday and say, oh, let's cook everything for the week. It works for some people. That's not my style. I can teach people that if they want. I'm much more of a, I know what I'm doing three days out. That's me. Like, I may not want that in like, by day three, I probably want something different. So (laughs) three is a max. Yeah. And well, I'm not saying I'm eating the same three repurposes three days. I'm planning what I'm going to make for three different nights. And that's enough because I can either make enough with leftovers to make those other two nights something different out of it. So I'm still doing five different dinners five different mm-hmm. courses, but I'm really only cooking three times a, a week. That's actually a great idea because I fall into the thing of like thinking I need to like plan something different every night and or I'm for lunches, like I'm batch cooking this one thing that I know deep down 
I'm not going to want to eat it. <laughs> <laughs> but theoretically, it's really good for me. <laughs> yes. <laughs> but you have this delicious um, recipe, the Mexican mahi-mahi with chili lime sauce. Yes. On, so I will tell you, I did make that. <laughs> <laughs> and was it good hit? It was delicious and everyone loved it. Like it was, you know, cause like you say, some picky eaters and my youngest, um, I have a 17 year old who for the last three years, she's been um, vegetarian. Mm -hmm. So um, it was good, <laughs> a good mix. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And it was yeah. different. <laughs> did you make it, did you make it into a fish taco or a, just the main fish with sides? Just the main fish with sides. Uh -huh. It's a great dish. Yes. Very great okay. dish. I and like I, that you can redo it and do it in a taco though. Like, right. And so another night you could have added, um, like a, um, a spicy Mexican sauce and you could easily do that by just taking some mayonnaise and sriracha mm -hmm. and putting it on a lettuce wrap or on a taco wrap and putting the fish in that with some, uh, coleslaw. It would have been a great dinner the next night that would have taken almost no effort. Oh Yeah. Well, I'm going to have to try that next. <laughs> There's a lot. You have a lot of great recipes on your site um, that makes things a lot easier and simple. So I love that. That's, that's, that's the goal. You know, you shouldn't struggle to be delicious because it doesn't have to be. If you have some really good pantry staples, you can really think out of the box with no effort. And not everything has to be from scratch. And I'll, I'll give you an example of that. I don't know if you have a Trader Joe's near you, <laughs> but we have Trader Joe's near us. And if you don't have a Trader Joe's, you can buy a similar sauce in, in any international aisle of 99% of the grocery stores in the country. So you can buy a um, tiki masala Indian simmer sauce mm -hmm. and the many brands who make it. And all you have to do, you can make your rice, so you have leftover for your fried rice, but mm -hmm. you can make rice for this dish. And then you, let's say you want to saute some onions. Um, you don't even need to do more than onions if you don't want, saute some onions. And it's, if you want to do it really quick, use chicken tenders because they're thin and they're going to cook really fast. And if you want to use chicken breasts, slice it into thin strips mm -hmm. because that would go faster. If you want to cook for your vegetarian daughter, make <laughs> tofu cubes. Which oh. will, this will be delicious with tofu cubes. It'll also be delicious with portobello mushrooms because they're nice and meaty. Mm -hmm. So you can saute the mushrooms and the onions and tofu instead of using chicken if that's the direction you want to go. So you saute them just till they get a little bit brown. Put in your tiki masala simmer sauce, put on the lid. 10 minutes, you're done. Dinner's done. If you want to add a green vegetable because you don't want to cook something else, throw in some baby kale or baby spinach. It'll wilt right in the sauce. It'll be delicious. And your dinner's done. One pat, one pot. You have the rice, so I guess that's really technically two. Um, and you're done. And dinner's done in 15 minutes. That's awesome. And I like the fact that you're also teaching like the kids some lessons that they can actually take. And like as they get older, they can also take everything that they learned and use it later in life to teach their kids. Because like these are like life learned lessons. I, I agree. I think one of the reasons why I do what I do is I hate the fact that kids, other than watching Chopped Kids, you know, on TV, <laughs> those kids, I don't know where they get their shit from. But um, most kids don't cook because their parents don't cook and they don't see any of that 
that really that joy that can come with it and that satisfaction. So I really want to pass on to my kids and everybody else's kids, look how wonderful this can be and look how you can make a wonderful life for yourself and your family and your friends, you know, whether you have kids or not, mm-hmm. by being able to give them something delightfully delicious and have a wonderful experience while you do it. So I've taught my kids to teach since they were very little um, and they're really good at it at this point. And I really, even when they have play dates over, kids, do you want to cook something? And they'll cook along with me because you do need those skills to pass on down. Otherwise it'll be take out and process food and that's not a way to live. No, it's not. So what is one of the easiest go-to meals that you like to do that's like for the busy nights and that really don't take a whole lot of time? So my go-to meal is Asian quote-unquote meatballs with a pad thai. So what that means is I use um, ground turkey, Mm -hmm. but you can use ground pork, you can use ground beef, you can use ground chicken. Maybe tofu, but you probably have to add a little bit of a binder in there because that's not going to hold together too well. And you use a little bit of fish sauce, which isn't, you can buy that in any grocery store also. It does not taste like fish. It's just called fish sauce. Um, A little soy sauce, a little toasted sesame oil, a little grated ginger, grated garlic. Mm. Mix it all together. I put it on a sheet pan. I don't like splatter by my stove. I don't like to clean up that much. So I put it on a sheet pan, make my meatballs. 15 minutes, I bake it, it's done. What I do, there's several things you can do with it. So I put it on a pad thai, uh, which is a rice noodle. Mm -hmm. And you buy the rice noodles and you put boiling water on it for two minutes, maybe one minute. That's it. That's how you cook them. You're done. You know, boiling water, that's it. And then I make a little peanut sauce with peanut butter, a splash of orange juice, ginger, garlic, and um, soy sauce and a little sesame oil. And you mix it all together, put it on the rice noodles, add your Asian meatballs on top. If you're really ambitious, steam some bok choy, really mm-hmm. delicious to put with it. The next night you can do um, crumple it up and put it on bib lettuce with um, a hot sauce. Mm. And you can add baby corns to it the next night. So it looks different, tastes a little different. So now you've got two very different meals with those Asian meatballs. And I'd say you're done from start to finish in 20 minutes. Oh, that's good. Time. Love it. And I, I, every time I say to myself, I'm going to batch cook these meatballs. I'm going to make a ton. I'm going to freeze it. So I don't have to do this again. And I never, ever have leftovers. <laughs> I just eat no matter how much I make. That's how much my family likes it. Oh, that's awesome. And that sounds really quick. And it sounds delicious. <laughs> Very <recommend> delicious. <laughs> yes. <laughs> So we talked earlier about, you know, sitting around that table and actually just having those conversations, like what kind of, con- like, how do you get the conversation going and exactly what are we saying at the table? Sure. I'll give you an example of one crazy thing I did. And, and I have some of these examples on my website and I'm, I'm building more of them on there. So April is National Poetry Month. Mm-hmm. So you can imagine when I said to my family, okay, everybody's got to come to dinner with a poem. Well, my kids, you could have heard them groaning <laughs> in the UK. Because what are you talking about, mom? I hate poetry, blah, 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 blah. You can imagine. My husband is rolling his eyeballs like, oh, she's up to something again. I said, listen, poetry can be anything. It could be a lyrics to a rap song. Mm-hmm. It could be an ad jingle. It could be a nursery rhyme. It could be anything you want it to be. Whatever you do, come to dinner with a poem. 
And they said, all right. And I said, okay. So one of my children came to dinner with a poem that basically was, I hate poetry. I hate poetry. <laughs> you can imagine the rest. My son um, read a rap song, which was equally interesting. My husband wrote his own rap song, which was totally ridiculous. But by then you're cracking up because now you're having fun. And then, of course, I had to read something esoteric because it was my idea. (laughs) Everybody's groaning about what I'm doing. But it was really memorable and it was really fun. And it was celebrating Poetry Month. So they got a little taste of what that was. There's crazy holidays every day of the year that I try to find one every once in a while and make a meal around. So that gives you a conversation in and of itself. Um, There was a there's a National Superhero Day. So I have a post on my website, and you can do this on any day. It doesn't have to be on National Superhero Day. Like 20 questions you can ask your kids about superheroes. Who would they be? What powers would they want? How did Mm -hmm. they get those powers? What would they do with those powers? They're really interesting questions where you actually learn a lot about your family without Mm -hmm. saying, what did you do today? What do you think about this? They're being creative all of a sudden, and it's fascinating. We also play a lot of games. We have a game called Headbands. You can buy it in the store. You can make it. There's a lot of picture cards. And one person holds up a picture card to their forehead, not knowing what it is. It's facing out so everybody at the table can see it. And it's like a 20 questions game. They have to guess what's a picture on their head. So they'll say, is it a food? Is it an animal? Is it a person? Is it a color? And it's very funny to watch somebody try to figure out what the card is on their head that you can see and they can't. Yeah. So that's a great thing. We take cards from trivia games and we play them. You don't need the board. You know, the fun isn't asking the questions, not necessarily moving yourself to the winning position. So there's, there's many, many ways you can spark a conversation. One of, I never really thought about it as like a, a, a topic, but like we play this game and it doesn't, it's not necessarily all the time at mealtime, but it's usually when we're all together and it's called guess the um, guess the movie, and someone would randomly say uh, um, something from a TV show or a movie, and you just automatically you just say it, and then someone just kind of guesses like, "Oh, that's great! <laughs> you do that at the dinner table, absolutely." Yeah, I mean, one of the things, you know, of course, Mean Girls, you're like, you can't sit with us, and everybody's all <laughs> trying to scream. <laughs> they recognize that one. <laughs> Oh, that's a great game. That's also great on car trips, you know? And if you think about what you play on long car trips, they work at the dinner table as well, except you can't play a license plate game because nobody's driving by your table. <laughs> but, um, you know, you can do things like that as well. Yeah, I think it's sometimes the things we don't think about that we do with our kids that are fun and funny. And, and they're very memorable. Like, you'd be surprised what kids think are the most memorable moments. I remember we took we took the kids just to Barnes & Noble um, while we sip coffee <laughs> and they read books and afterwards they were like, this was the best day ever. Wow. Yeah. I was just like, Oh, I was just trying to find something to do <laughs> and have my coffee while you were doing something else. <laughs> yeah. So those family moments are memorable, especially when you add some laughter and getting to know your kids as they grow older. Like we all change how we view things change and you throw in a little game to help them express themselves. Yep. It, it all works and you it get to eat does. delicious food while you're doing it. <laughs> and I have to say, you can't take your cooking so seriously because you're bound to bomb a meal periodically. <laughs> it just happens. And so if I'm trying a new recipe or, you know, I'm 
making something up and I'm trying something new. I, you know, it's kind of like chopped. I say to my family, is this a thumbs up? Is it a thumbs down? What would you change in the recipe? What would, what should I do differently to make it better? And all of a sudden your kids start thinking about their taste, what ingredients go together that don't go together. And it's productive on so many levels. And if the meal is terrible, I don't feel bad because it's a learning process for me. My kids are participating in it and they're trying again to figure out what can I do to make this taste better. And it's a way to salvage what something could have been a disaster. That's true. I, I approach meals the same way. Um, sometimes it's hit or miss. I mm-hmm. like to make up stuff. I don't know how it's going to taste. And I always tell them this, um, this was practice. <laughs> sometimes it's great and sometimes it's like never do that again mom (laughs) (laughs) but you laugh about it and it becomes a story you know when I said before that I I started out as a really horrific cook and I really was Um, I'm a worse baker because you have to measure and you have to follow a recipe and uh, I'm not so so inclined to want to do that, um, to put it mildly. But one time I, I, when I was younger, I told my family, I'm going to make a, and this is when I was young and not married, you know, I was going to make a, a cake for some family meal that we were having with relatives kind of coming over. It was so bad. My family took it off the table and used it as a doorstop. Oh my gosh. So, you know, but then we got a great story. I mean, it was meant to be laughed. It's like, this could be a doorstop. (laughs) Let's see if it works, (laughs) you know? And it was was funny and it became a legend. And you can't be so thin-skinned as to not be able to laugh with your own mistakes. That is true. You have to laugh. And laughter is good. And it makes everyone, it breaks a lot of ice a lot of the time. So I try to laugh often and as much as I can. <laughs> so let me ask, if you could have dinner with anyone, like who would you have dinner with? Uh, my father. Oh. Um, my father and my grandmother, um, both have passed away and they made every meal with them memorable and filled with laughter and love and I miss them dearly, the meals as well as the people. Uh, famous people, that would be a different story. Um, but on the top of my list, I would like my father back and my grandmother. Oh, that's understandable, but I think you kind of bring them back. You mentioned that with them, it was memorable, it was fun, and you bring that same fun and those memorable moments to your family. So it's like they're, they're still there, like living through it through you. Absolutely. And that's the reason why you want to teach your kids to be able to do it as well. You know, it keeps, keeps you alive, keeps memories alive, um, and great food on the table. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) So tell me, how do you practice self-care for yourself? Like I try to find some time for myself every day. Right now, my routine is early in the morning, I go walk with a girlfriend and my dogs. And for me, walking is tremendous, tremendous headspace for myself. Mm -hmm. You know, it's, and I could do it without my girlfriend or with my girlfriend, my dogs need to be walked. But being out in the fresh air and just having my thoughts is the best thing I can do for myself. You know, it's just me time and it helps me organize what I need to do. It helps me work out issues I may be having. And there's nothing like being outside in nature. 
That's true. And I think also, you know, we talked about cooking and ways to incorporate our family. And we think about self-care. Family is definitely a part of being, you know, self-care. Like our family is a part of who we are. And at the same time, taking that small amount of time out for ourselves just to be alone, alone with our thoughts and just kind of focus on ourselves for a second is amazing self-care. So you need to be able to be refreshed in your own self before you can be giving to everybody else, I think. I, I agree. So tell everyone where they can go to to learn more about what you have to offer. Sure. Uh, my website is balaboostasecret.com. I have a Facebook group called Easy Weeknight Dinners for Busy Moms, mm. which is a lot of fun. I'm on Instagram at balabusta.secret. And balabusta is B-A-L-A-B-O-O-S-T-A. So it's balabustas with an S, secret. All right, y'all heard that. Y'all better jump on it. So balabustasecret.com and you can follow her on Instagram at balabusta.secret. Right, and Easy Weeknight Dinners for Busy Moms on Facebook. Yes. And a lot of great tips. I'm telling y'all, I've tried some of these recipes and they're delicious. You don't want to miss out. Check it out. Download. It's simple. It's very easy. And I also have a um, uh, PDF for your listeners on uh, time-saving, sanity-saving secrets. And um, I can give you the link for that or maybe you can post it somewhere. Um, Let me see if I can do it for you. It's just um, balabustasecret.com slash dinner hyphen time hyphen sanity hyphen saving tips. So I will definitely have that link for y'all so y'all can check that out. You can get your free PDF. It will be in the link at balabustasecret.com slash dinner hyphen time hyphen sanity hyphen savings tips. Hyphen tips hyphen tips. Yes. All right. Y'all got all that information. If you won't listen in, you better rewind and <laughs> replay and get your <laughs> pencil, get your pad. You don't want to miss out. Like kids are going back to school. We are getting more busier than ever, I think, as parents. So when it comes to cooking and making sure our kids are, you know, healthy and creating healthier, you know, lifestyles for our kids to pass on this is a great way to get started to get them involved in their actual health care you know I, I agree and, and it's really important that as they go to school your days get more complex they their days get more complex and you need to unwind together to really find the meaning in a lot of things so a family time dinner is great not everybody can do it every night of the week and that's understandable but carve out some time every week to spend some time with your family at the dinner table yes that's a must well i want to thank you so much (laughs) linda for coming on and spilling some tea with us about how we can make dinner easy, simple, and a great way to include our kids in on it and give them some life-lasting tools so they can actually use later in life and make it fun so they can laugh. Absolutely. Laughter is a key ingredient. You know, I 
tell my kids the key ingredient, everything I cook is love. Yes. Well, thank you so much for joining us. I really, really love this. Thank you so much for having me. (laughs) Thank you. Wow. Linda definitely served up some delicious hot tea. And I don't know about you guys, but I'm definitely feeling a little hungry right now. And Linda was gracious enough to give a free gift to all the listeners today. So you can get Linda's tips and secrets on this free PDF for you guys. Now, I'm going to be definitely taking a look at this because school is about to start and I need all the help I'm going to get. Now, you can find this in the links or you can go to balabustasecret.com slash dinner hyphen time hyphen sanity hyphen saving hyphen tips. Now, it's full of wonderful, delicious recipes and great ideas. Now, you can also follow Linda on her Instagram at balabusta.secret. Now, that's spelled B-A-L-A-B-O-O-S-T-A-S. Or join her Facebook group. It's an amazing group filled with a lot of amazing people. It's Easy Weeknight Dinners for Busy Moms. Or go to her website at balabustasecrets.com. Now, we're going to spill a little tea on my tea of the week. We cannot miss tea of the week. So it's actually Golden Glow, which is a beauty and skin tea. Now, I love this tea. And I know I say this about every last one of my teas. But you guys, this is absolutely one of my favorite teas. And it's because it has so many great natural ingredients from ginger, turmeric, carrot, beet, and it even has pineapple pieces. Oh my goodness. This is great any time of the year. You're going to love it. Now for this tea and many more of my tea blends, please go to beautifullyunbalanced.com slash shop to get your tea today. Now, I would love to hear some of the topics you guys want to talk about on Time for Tea with Makita. So hit me up, follow me on Instagram at Smith Makita, or just join my newsletter. Go to beautifullyunbalanced.com and you can get your monthly newsletter to fill you with motivation each month. Now, we will be back next week for some more tea. But you can email me at time4tmakita, M-I-K-I-T-A, at Gmail and tell me about all those great topics. Now, you're not going to want to miss next week. It's going to be full of juicy hot tea. But until then, namaste.